It's time to reveal the prize and clue start dates for Cycle Search 2022, presented by Total Media, along with the Tri-State Power Sports Superstore, Honda Suzuki Polaris Can-Am of Jackson. This year's prize is a KO250 dirt bike, along with an accessory package valued at over $4,500. That's right, a KO250 dirt bike. Clues begin on Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. There'll be one clue each day, Monday through Friday, till the prize pack is found. Pack is hidden somewhere in the listening area. Be safe when searching, and good luck. It's Cycle Search 2022, sponsored by Total Media and Honda Suzuki Polaris Can-Am of Jackson. There has never been a better time than now to come join the Belicio Foods team. Belicio has a new contract in place with plenty of awesome perks for their employees. From increased wages, access to the free health clinic, vacation after six months, and much more, Belicio Foods is committed to putting their employees first. For more information or to apply, visit BelicioFoods.com careers. Take advantage of these great new employee benefits and join the Belicio team today. Visit BelicioFoods.com careers to learn more. Hey, girlfriends, it's little old me. Welcome to Spa-dee-da. Oh, this reminds me of a play that'll be at the Marquee Theater. A play? Well, at this point, I'll do anything to get away from my husband. Come on down to the Marquee Theater for gossip and some fun. Tickets are on sale now for $15. They're sold at the door for $17. $15. Bring it on. These tickets are like jello. Once you get them, you're set. I'll get mama. Well, I want to go, too. Maybe they'll have puppies. Puppies not included. Hallelujah, girls. At the Marquee, February 25th through 27th. Tickets on sale now at RKTickets.org. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to uh, the Friday edition of the morning show right here on Main Street TV. And of course, Jennifer here with. We actually have a guest. I was just kidding. Um, but he is here remotely. So this is super, super duper cool. And um, so we want to welcome our good friend, Evan Shaw, to the program. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Jennifer. Well, thank you for being here again. And um, if you missed Evan uh, being on our show the last time, it was a fascinating, fun, fun interview. And um, Evan actually just had the... I guess you would say privilege, I would think, and honor to be actually work for NFL films and 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 actually be a cameraman at the Super Bowl. That is so cool. Yeah, it was, um, you know, sometimes at my job every now and then I have to stop and just look around and like, am I really getting paid to do this? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I was very, very fortunate to be there, uh, you know, over the weekend. Wasn't the result I wanted, but you know, well, it was still good. <laughs> you know, I was that was something I was going to ask you here in a little bit um, about that and and what it's like to be a fan. I mean, that would be tough to be a fan and have to be objective, obviously, as you're filming the game. But you still, you know, underneath are still rooting for for your team, right? Yeah, and so it's funny because when I shoot, I turn all that off, obviously, you know. And I sure. this was probably the first game I've even thought about that and. 10 years where I've been, you know, slightly kind of had a, a care about who won and simply because of Joe Burrow, of course. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's difficult. And the problem is if you don't turn that off, you get too nervous and you'll, you know, you'll work yourself up. So I always <laughs> pretend when I'm filming a game that I'm shooting uh, Megs versus River Valley or something like that. <laughs> and just like, oh, these are just high school kids back in Ohio. No big deal. Um, so that's how I kind of call myself down as we get started in it. That makes total sense. I, I like that you just go to that place. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. So let's back up a minute. If if someone missed um, our previous interview, which was so fun and so entertaining, we even talked about chickens. Do you still have your chickens? I have even more chickens now. Uh, oh we my. moved on from like just raising a few here to like starting a farm and raising critically <laughs> endangered and rare breeds of chickens because you know the world's been on fire for two years. Why not? <laughs> So, so yeah, the chickens are still doing well. That's so good. Well, we will get to chicken farming in just a minute. But before we do that, um, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and, you know, how, how does a guy, you know, from the Athens area end up taping the Super Bowl or being a cameraman at the Super Bowl? I mean, that's some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So um, I grew up, you know, for those who don't know, I grew up in Meigs County. Um, I graduated uh, from Meigs High School back in 2002. And um, when I was there, I had a high school teacher who started a video production class. Her name was Mrs. Bentz. And I fell in love with it. I really enjoyed working. 
you know, with cameras and editing and stuff like that. Um, from there, I went to Ohio University and I started shooting for a TV show there called Gridiron Glory, uh, which many people have probably seen, which covers high school sports, um, you know, in southeastern Ohio. And from there, I was fortunate enough to get an internship uh, with NFL Films and um, ended up getting to shoot that uh, next fall in 2006. And so now it's been, uh, this was my 16th season that I just wrapped up uh, with the NFL. And um, yeah, it's, I'm very, very fortunate, um, you know, right place at the right time a lot of times and, you know, a lot of hard work, but I'm, I'm really, really fortunate to be able to do what I do. Yeah, that is, um, I mean, not too many people get to say that they get to go film the Super Bowl. And you're right. You, how many people can say, I got paid to be at the Super Bowl? Like Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's, um, I, I don't want to tell them this, but I'd probably do it for free sometimes, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to complain when the paycheck comes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, I'm very fortunate for that. <laughs> well, um, so, you know, we, we'll get to the Super Bowl in a second, but like you felt throughout the year, you don't just follow one team around, correct? Like you're not just correct. the Bengals, you know, film guy or whatever. So you just get called mm -hmm. out weekly to, to different places. That has to be cool. It is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm freelance um, for the NFL. And uh, the way it works is each week um, I'll get a phone call and say, hey, can you travel to wherever? Uh, and that could be jacksonville or oakland well not oakland anymore jacksonville or las vegas <laughs> or uh, san francisco uh or a lot of times cleveland or cincinnati uh if one of those two teams are home i've shot a lot of browns and Bengals games over the year um you know a lot of a lot of orange football teams um but yeah we, we kind of stay regional but then again it could travel anywhere um and then the, during the playoffs obviously it's uh, a lot of travel so how does that work? Do do they send you places or do you have to arrange your own travel or how does that work exactly? Fortunately for me, there's a whole staff of people that take care of all of that. So I just hop on an airplane, have a ticket and go where I need to go, which I'm terrible about organization and paperwork and stuff. So that's <laughs> very fortunate for everyone that I don't have to worry about that. Uh, but yeah, so they take care of all that and, uh, you know, set up all the travel and stuff for me. You have your own NFL personal concierge, huh? Basically, basically. <laughs> and I could, yeah, I would be lost without them, definitely. <laughs> Literally, I'd be somewhere in Kansas City and not know how to get home. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, very cool. So what are some of the fun games um, that you got to actually do this year before you got to the Super Bowl? Let's see. So I worked a lot this year with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, there's a show called oh. Hard Knocks on HBO. So I filmed a lot uh, with that during the season. So the last part of the season, I was with them pretty much every week. Um, I got to shoot several Bengals, Browns games, and really a lot of them run together where I can't, you know, because there are so many throughout the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are a lot of really, really good moments, you know, and over the years, I've got to shoot some cool things. You know, I shot Joe Burrow's first touchdown pass last year. Uh, that was cool. I also shot Matt Stafford's first touchdown pass in 2008. It would have been so. Wow. Yeah, I've been in the right place at the right time. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of lot of stuff like that. You know, and I, I was just thinking about, you know, to be there for those crucial moments. I mean, that's like you, you it just only happens once. That's pretty neat stuff. Yeah. And so that's, uh, I kind of thrive on that pressure. I, I like it. Um, it's also terrifying because if, you know, you're in the Super Bowl uh, and you're filming Tom Brady throw a touchdown pass and I miss it. I can't just walk out there and be like, hey, excuse me, Tom. Excuse me. Throw that again? <laughs> yeah, I forgot to hit record or I wasn't in focus. That's not really something that happens. Um, so it's a lot of pressure in that moment. Um, I don't think about it. I try not to think about it. Just kind of, yeah. you know, shut everything out and follow the ball. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I enjoy that part of it. It makes it more fun. It makes it like a game for me or a, a challenge. Well, we want to thank you because, you know, the very thing that you do allows all of us to sit and be couch potatoes for, you know, three or four hours on Sundays or, or whatever and, you know, drink some beers and enjoy ourselves, eat nachos and, and enjoy ourselves. And you're out there um, running around like a crazy person trying to get these shots. Who is there somebody is there like. NFL football game training school or like how do you like how do you know where to be and what to shoot and how did you learn that so there's not a training camp there should be yeah <laughs> you know, I think we need to get started um it's 
a lot of repetition and just doing it over and over and honestly making a lot of mistakes. Um, it's the only way to learn anything. And that sounds cliche, but with what I do, it's definitely is, um, you know, it just started when I was in college shooting high school games, shooting college games over and over and over. And after a while, you kind of develop a muscle memory, um, similar to a musician who knows, oh, here's a D chord, here's a C chord. The way my body works, I kind of know where the ball, I don't know where the ball is going to be, but I have a good idea and I just kind of go with it. And um, yeah, it's taken a long time. And this is my, let's see, 17th or 18th year of filming football, not just for the NFL. And uh, I still mess it up. You know, it's hard. Uh, it's funny because a lot of the things we shoot are in slow motion when it's played back, but it doesn't happen in slow motion. It's very fast when it happens in real life. Um, so it's uh, it's challenging, but it's a lot of muscle memory and just repetition over and over. You know, and, and you're exactly right. So, again, thank you to what you do that we can watch it sitting on our butts at home eating nachos in slow motion. And, um, you know, you have the best seat by far – you know, other than being there and being part of the crowd, obviously, but you know, when you're sitting at home watching a game, I was just having this discussion, uh, with a friend of mine, um, who had finally gotten to go to a game and said, it was pretty like awesome to be there. And I, but like, I couldn't see anything because you're so spoiled watching it at home because of what you do that, you know, when you're at the actual stadium, there, there aren't slow motions and replays and you're just watching it in real time. And I just have no idea how you can keep track of where the ball is and where to shoot and all that. So thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And it's funny because when I'm shooting a game, I have no idea what's happening in the game because I'm so zoomed in on the quarterback. He drops back, throws the ball. I zoom in on the ball. Someone catches the ball or drops the ball and then, going from there um there many times i'll look up in the middle of a game and i have no idea what the score is or who's winning um even in the super bowl i knew the Bengals were ahead at one point kind of and i knew they probably weren't going to pull it out but i couldn't have told you anything that happened during the game because i'm so focused on my one little area of responsibility that makes total sense. And so as a cameraman, I mean, obviously you're not the only guy out there on the, on the field. Is it a team effort where, you know, you stay between the, the 10 and the 30 yard line and you stay between the 30 and the 50 and, or are you running up and down the field the whole time? It depends. So at bigger games like the Super Bowl or something like that, there are a whole bunch more cameras. So we're a lot more uh, positioned in our own little areas. But at a normal game, you know, during, you know, week seven when it's Cleveland versus Jacksonville or something like that, it's a lot of times just myself on the sideline doing what I do for NFL films. Um, and then one person um, sometimes in the stands. So yeah, it, it's kind of a combination. Um, and, you know, when there are a lot of cameras out there, it makes your life a lot easier because all the pressure's not on you anymore. All of a sudden you've got other people to kind of back you up. And the people I work with are the best, the best in the world. Um, and so it's, that's the most fun for me uh, during Super Bowl week and stuff like that is getting to be around all my friends who I don't get to see that often because uh, we're from all over the country. And so it's kind of a big family reunion when we get together out there. Yeah, I'll bet it is. That's super, super cool. So what are uh, this is what James and I were talking about questions like uh, things that we were thinking of off the camera uh, before you you time or got in here. And um, what are. What are the differences between the amount of camera people that would be or press and all that that would be at the Super Bowl versus, like you said, just a Cleveland Browns Jacksonville game? You know, it's it's not as big of a difference as you would think. Uh, the networks and we have a lot more people. The local media, it's maybe twice as much. Um, but, you know, there are a lot more restrictions these days with COVID protocols and stuff like sure. that. So it's a little bit more. Um, um, it's not quite as chaotic. You know, the days of several years ago after the Super Bowl was over, you would run on the field and there'd be 10,000 people out there, it seemed like, and you could barely move. It's gotten a lot, a little bit easier now to handle yes. that. Yeah, there. So that was after the game. Uh, you can see me over there on the right. I've always got my camouflage hat on there. Um, and, uh, you know, just with Joe and Matt after the game, um, you know, giving each other congratulations and stuff. That was that was a really cool moment. Um you know, growing up in Athens, well, I grew up in Meigs County, but working in Athens, um, you know, I used to work with Joe's dad at Ohio football. Um, so I've seen Joe run around the place since, you know, he was a kid. Um, 
it was really incredible to be in that moment uh, and see him on the world's biggest stage. You know, that, that has to be, that has to be like Papa Bear moment where you're like, I'm so proud of you. Like my, my little babies all grows up, you know? And I feel like so many folks around our area feel that way toward uh, Joe and, and feel kind of protective of him and so proud. Um, and it's just because he's from our area and representing so well. And it's because he, yeah, he's from here. He represents, but he does it so authentically. Yes. Um, and, you know, and the way that he has not forgotten where he's from and um, truly, truly cares about the people from this region. Um, yes. You know, I think we're all pretty good now at deciphering when someone's just kind of putting on for us. And we can all tell that Joe's not that person from what I've seen. Um, and so, yeah, to be in that moment um, anywhere close to that, you know, and to be kind of associated with it was it was a highlight of my career for sure. Um, but more importantly, just because of what he's done for this region and bringing the positive stories about someone who reached those heights, not in spite of being from Southeastern Ohio, but because he's from Southeastern Ohio and how that helped him throughout his career. Um, So that, yeah, it was incredible. You know, not too many people get, get, uh, you know, get thrown on their back nine times during a playoff game and jump up and, and win the game. And, and, you know, eight times, I think during the Super Bowl and, and jump up with a sprained, you know, MCL or whatever it was and, and finish the game. And, you know, that's the grit and that's the, that's what being from Southern Ohio is like. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that toughness. And, um, you know, I've talked about it for years and, uh, but it was, so good to get for the rest of the world to get a chance to see some of that too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, okay. So you actually, that picture, could you show that again, James? Cause this is a really cool picture. Um, and that is you over to the far right uh, with a camouflage flash hat on. How do you number one, get that close? And number two, I have to know if you can say, what did they talk about? Well, so the Could whole uh, exchange, yeah, the whole exchange is actually uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you'll be able to hear what they talked about and stuff. Um, you know, congratulating each other and stuff. You know, and uh, Matt Stafford had some really nice words for Joe. Um, but yeah, that was that was one of my responsibilities was to be out there at that moment. Um, so as the time's running down, I'm looking over on the sideline trying to find out. Okay, where is he? Where is he? You know, yeah. where's Joe? And then. The biggest thing that I always get concerned about in that moment is watching the clock and knowing when the game's over so I don't run out early. Sure. Because sometimes that'll happen where a photographer will think the game's over and there's like one more time to kneel the ball down. And I never want to be that guy who's like halfway on the field uh, and the game's still going on. So, yeah, <laughs> wait for that moment. Yeah, we don't need that. And then run as fast as you can to get in there and then see what happens. And there's a lot of – it's not as bad as it used to be, but there's a lot of, you know – kind of pushing people around to make sure you get your shot. Um, we're fortunate because we're with the NFL that we kind of have some priority in that area. But, sure. you know, it, um, it's it's a mad rush. And, again, it's the same kind of thing. It's something you can't do twice. Um, I couldn't right. go back up and say, hey, guys, I, I wasn't in focus for that. Can we redo that little, you know, level <laughs> exchange there? That's not going to work. So, yeah, a little bit of pressure. But, it's uh, I mean, I, there's nowhere else I would rather be. I mean, that is just such an amazing, um, experience. And, and again, you know, you are also, you know, we're so proud of you from being from Meg's County and then ending up working for the NFL. I mean, that's some pretty cool. Um, that's just neat to, to say that you have made it that far and that you've been there for so long and now you're a crafty veteran. (laughs) It's really weird because when I first started, I was the young kid, like I was, (laughs) 20, I was 21 when I started, you know, and uh, now I'm uh, older than 21. Yeah, not 21. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, it's it's strange. You know, this was my 16th year, my eighth Super Bowl. Um, And yeah, it's, I think I'm starting to get a little old. The gray's coming out in the beard. Um, Yeah, uh, that's all right, though. That's what filming those games will do to you, right? (laughs) Yeah, it will. Absolutely. Very quickly. So, okay, let's talk for a minute because this is something that I was thinking driving in this morning about the like the logistics of Super Bowl week. You know, when did you arrive? How do you get to the stadium? How do you get in the stadium and prove that you are, you know, a cameraman? And like how I mean, the security has to be completely insane. So I was just wondering, what was that like for you? 
Yeah, so I arrived on uh, Friday. We usually, you know, during the regular season, I get to a game on Saturday the night before, uh, but we get in on Friday. And then um, on Saturday, you know, hang out with friends that we haven't seen in a year or two, um, you know, do that kind of stuff, have meetings and production meetings. And then um, on Sunday, we're very fortunate since we are with the NFL that we actually get a bus that takes us in that bypasses all the traffic. I mean, if I had to drive a car through the middle of LA to get to the Super Bowl. Remember, I'm from Birmingham, Ohio. That would be a <laughs> right <laughs> moment for everyone involved. Um, so yeah, we uh, we hop on a bus and get in. And then there is, you're right, security is uh, it's an incredible. Yeah, I'm glad it's there, and you feel very very safe when you're in there. Um, but it was it was tough because I had a bunch of friends who came, you know, because to see Joe, a bunch of people from Athens. But it's so locked down where I was, I couldn't get you know, your credentials only get you certain places. So I wasn't able to see them uh, at the game like I wanted to. Um, but yeah, it's, it could be a whole lot more stressful, but fortunately they take care of all that stuff for us. So I just have to worry about showing up, turning my camera on and trying to stay in focus. As it should be. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So do you do like a, um, you know, are you able to get down on the field, like maybe the day before and just try to get your bearings or, you know, do a walkthrough or do they just, you show up on Sunday and tape the game? Yeah, no, I go in on Saturday afternoon, you know, and okay. we uh, get to walk around the field and see everything. Cool. That's when I can get a bunch of selfies and, you know, uh, pictures, you know, for Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, the important stuff. But um, that's right. Yeah, that we also go and make sure all of our gear is prepped and, you know, the way it needs to be. So that way on Sunday morning, it's um, all set up, ready to go. Uh, you know, you don't want to have walk in on Sunday morning and find something's wrong with your camera. So you take care of all that on Saturday when you get there and, uh, get comfortable. And then Sundays when everything gets rolling. Gotcha. Now, speaking of equipment, you know, do you take your own equipment or is that provided by NFL? How does that work? Well, yeah, it's all the NFLs, um, okay. which is nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes I travel with it from game to game, um, but it, it's all theirs. Um, some people own their own cameras, but those are very expensive cameras, as you might imagine. Uh, so yes. <laughs> me personally, I don't own one of those right now. That is, I wondered about that because I mean, I can't even imagine what one of those cameras costs, you know, that's, that's insanity. Yeah, so, it's, it's more than I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how, okay. So like you're down on the, on the field and you are filming part of the Super Bowl, and you get a shot and then the next thing you know, a play happens. The next thing you know, one second later, literally one second later, on your TV pops up a replay of that shot in slow motion. How in the world does X get to Z that quick? Well, so, yeah, there are a couple things that – oops, well, everything just turned off on me. Hold on. We're back. Just had a little power outlet here. Oh no! Oh, we're good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can you still hear me? Yes, you're you're great. Sorry. Yeah, my dog's running around. Uh oh! Now we really lost him. He'll be back in a second. Hey, this probably gives us time to do the cycle search clue. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk cycle search Let's while talk. Evan's reconnecting. Yeah, he'll have to reconnect. The power outages have been crazy the past two days, just brownouts and everything else with this weather. So he'll reconnect here in just a moment. Um, but let's go over the 2022 cycle search clue for today. Of course, Total Media and Honda Suzuki Polaris Can-Am of Jackson giving away that KO, as you can see, 250 dirt bike with an accessories package. Um and today's clue is brought to you by our friends at Mark Porter GM here um, in the area. And, of course, our friends at Monroe's Collision. And want to thank them for bringing um, you this cycle search clue <coughs> for today. Pardon me. Um, and um, so this is the first week of the cycle search clues. They, some have been, had some words in them that I'm thinking might mean something. And then some of them, I don't know, but today's clue on Friday is, this is clue number five. And then we will be giving them every day here on the program. Uh, the weekend is here. 
Keep listening next week as clues become more clear. So does that mean anything? What does that mean? The weekend is here. Keep listening next week as clues become more clear. So there you go. Take that for what it's worth, and we'll see if that means anything when the key packet is found. So there you go. All right, Evan is back with us. I'm back. Welcome back. Sorry. <laughs> we no, were talking no. about technical things, and then I had a technical <laughs> problem. So that's the way it works. <laughs> so I think you asked about how all that gets onto TV and everything. Yes. Um, yeah. So there are a couple things to keep in mind. What I do is with NFL films. So we aren't the broadcast. So what you're watching okay. on TV in that moment isn't necessarily my camera. Uh, what we do gotcha. goes back and is the archive. So if you're watching um, highlights uh, later or you know Sports Center things like that. That's where our stuff comes from, and also things that will be seen in 50, 100 years. So we're kind of the archive of it. Um, but the actual network cameras, you know, they're all set up. They go, they run from the camera, uh, a big cable that runs back to a production truck. Um, and then <clears throat> there are geniuses, frankly, in that truck who push all kinds of buttons that then send it out to satellite uh, broadcasting uh, dishes and stuff like that and um, gets it to your television. So it's... Um, yeah, it's an absolutely incredible uh, feat what they're able to do. Um, and it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work to, to run all those cables all the way across, you know, a stadium, all the way out to trucks. And when I say the truck, it's like a semi. But yes. at the Super Bowl, you're going to have, I'm just guessing, 10 of those hooked together to get everything out because there are so many people working in it. Um, they're yeah. like magicians. They really are. They're, they're geniuses. They really are. That is insane. So I see your puppy in the background. Yeah, that's old Red. He's back there. That's uh, <laughs> hey buddy. Hi, Red. <laughs> yeah, he's being good for right now. He's trying to at least. Well, he's laying down now. I, I, we did get to yeah. see his rear end for a minute. That was fun. Yeah, I saw that. He was looking over there at the, uh, <laughs> looking out the window. <laughs> that's what's been so fun during this pandemic is all of the all of the interesting uh, shots from behind. <laughs> right. Literally. I, 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 yeah, I have a, uh, my four-year-old is outside watching cartoons right now, so I'm shocked he has not joined us yet. <laughs> so. You know, and that's totally cool, too. You just embrace yeah. it. Exactly. Just roll with it. If, if we haven't <laughs> learned to be patient and go with things after the last two years, then I don't know. <laughs> that is exactly right. So, okay, so the Super Bowl is over. What does that mean for you? Does that mean you get to go on a, you know, six month vacation till football starts again? Or, or, uh, what are you doing? Kind of. <laughs> so, um, nice. I'm taking some time. Yeah. I'm taking some time off right now. You know, um, I recently have gone full-time freelance, uh, which means, you know, I'm, I work when there's work. And then when I'm not, um, you know, it's kind of like a construction or a tradesman, you know, I'm not laid off or anything like that, but it's time sure. to take a break for a minute. Um, because I've been traveling every weekend for the last six months, um, and that gets tiring very quickly. Um, so yeah, uh, during the off season, um, I'll shoot things here and there, you know, interviews, um, TV shows, stuff like that as I get called. Um, but really, I'm focusing on family and catching up on life and catching up on sleep. I'm just now kind of getting over my jet lag from being on the West Coast for I'll four bet. days. Yeah, it's as I get older, it's funny. That takes a little bit longer to catch up. <laughs> Uh, with me. Um, but yeah, so off season right now, I'm kind of doing that and just finding things that interest me uh, and uh, that I want to do. And um, I'm really looking forward to this, to have a little bit of time off to spend with family and uh, find new, new things to spend my time doing. There you go. Like chickens and whatnot. Like chickens. Exactly. <laughs> There'll be a lot of chicken time, a lot of time with the dog. <laughs> you know, a lot of us, um, you know, I just got back from Mexico and, you know, and it's fun to travel and it's fun to, I mean, to me, it's, you know, every airport, let's just be honest at this point is an adventure. And every time you try to get on a plane, it's an adventure because will it take off? Will it not? I don't know. Like, you know, is it going to get where it's going? I don't know. Um, is there going to be some craziness at the airport? Probably. <laughs> so how is it, how has, um, travel, um, changed since from the time you started until now and um have you had any crazy adventures along the way you know within airports or planes or traveling yeah um 
so the, over the last two years, it's obviously been very strange. Um, yes. You know, and I think the weirdest part about right now is that things are kind of back to normal in the airports, but not really. And it's just, it feels very like we're stuck in this limbo. Um, yes. Last year, honestly, traveling was great because no one else was traveling. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad. Um, and every time I stayed at a hotel, there was no one else there. So I True. like that. Um, you know, the, the crazy travel stories all happened when I was like my very first year when I was still trying to figure out how to do this. I never traveled that much. Um, I can remember one time I was, you know, I started shooting when I was in college and I was kind of, I was broke because I was in college and I got home, but I didn't have enough money to get out of the parking garage in Columbus for the airport. <laughs> I literally, literally did not have $6 to get out of the parking garage at one in the morning. And my girlfriend at the time had to drive from Athens to Columbus to bring me $6 at one in the morning to get me out of that parking garage. (laughs) So I don't know that it'll ever get worse than that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's where I started. Um, Now I've, I'm, you know, I have the six dollars thankfully to get out of the parking garages. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, I was a young kid and you know, just kind of trying to make it work. So that the crazy stories usually were back in those days. I've kind of got under under control now. Knock on lots and lots of wood. <laughs> well, and I would think that you get more seasoned. You know, you know, in certain airports where to go, and you know places to eat or, or whatever places to, to stop and chill out for a minute or where the best Wi-Fi is, or, you know, all of those things as you travel over the years, you get a, a little bit more aware of your surroundings. For sure. Yeah. I've kind of got it under control now. Um, but it's funny. I think anybody who travels for work, you know, I I'm traveling, but I see an airport, a Marriott, a football stadium and an airport again, and I'm back home. It's not so a vacation. It's, it's, it's not. No. So, you know, I'll fly out um, on Saturdays during the regular season. So I'm only there for one night, you know, and sure, I'm in a really cool city, but I'm exhausted by the time I get there. I have to get up early to shoot the game. And then as soon as the game's over, I pack everything up, drive to the airport and fly home that night. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So the travel, it's it's tiring. Uh, sometimes I get to spend some time, you know, a little bit longer in places and, and get out to see things. But it's a uh, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, you get to travel for work. I'm like, well, it's it's not quite, <laughs> it's travel, but it's a little, a little different than a vacation. Correct. Traveling and vacation are two different uh, scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I know my niece uh, has, has been traveling for work a lot. She said the same thing. It's like, by the time you get there, you're exhausted and then you work all week or, or whatever. And then you get on a plane and you come home and it's, it's not a vacation at all. It's not. It's not. No, not at all. So, <laughs> well, at least you learn. Maybe okay. So here, what use what you could do? You could start, you know, offering up what Marriott is the best in the country and what rooms to sleep in and things like that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I have that a, a spreadsheet in my brain about okay, that hotel's great. I don't ever want to stay at this hotel again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but that's a. Uh, that's one of the perks of the job too, though, is, you know, being, you know, getting travel points and stuff like that. So that works out well. Um, yeah. For me. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I spent, I spent, I think last year I was 112 nights in a Marriott throughout the year. Wow. Yeah. Which is a lot. <laughs> it's a yeah. Lot. So. <laughs> Yeah. They're like, oh, it's him again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mr. Shaw. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, well, very good. Is there, so let's talk um, about some of the other projects that you're working on. While, while you're here, I mean, the Super Bowl is obviously fascinating. And the fact that you get to, to film it is so cool. But I know you do a lot of other things as well. Yeah. So, you know, previously, um, you know, I've worked with WOUB and we did, you know, the Our Town series and stuff like that. I actually um, have left WOUB as of last fall. Um, just time to move on and, you know, try new things. And that's kind of where I'm at right now is trying to figure out what those next projects are. Uh, I'm not really sure what they're going to be. Um, you know, I'll still keep working uh, on local things is what I want to focus on, doing documentaries and films about uh, issues in this area. Um, that I think are important and that impact people. Um, but right now I'm really trying to just take some time and figure out what it is that I want to do. Um, you know, what I want to do when I grow up, I'm still not quite sure. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, we all? Out, yeah, I know. Right. And I, I think it's okay to admit that 
yep. these days, and I still don't know. Um, <laughs> but I'm very fortunate that the NFL, you know, working for that allows me to take some time off now and move on. And, um, you know, it's always it's always good to keep reinventing yourself, I think. And I'm kind of in that process right now of what's next? Uh, what do I want to do next? I want to focus on sure. how I can best help people in this area. And, you know, especially kids, um, inspire them to go on and do stuff whatever it is they want to do, you know, and again, not in spite of being from Southeastern Ohio, but because they're from here. And, um, you know, anything I can do on that is, is kind of what I'm looking for right now. Uh, so we'll see. It's, it's an exciting time. It's, it's weird because I've had a full-time day job for my entire adult life. So it's kind of a strange uh, moment, but uh, I, I'm really looking forward to and enjoying it so far. Well, good. And that will bring inspiration, I'm sure, to you. Um, you know, you talked about, you mentioned Joe Burrow. We talked about him and how, you know, proud we are that Southern, Southeastern Ohio kid does, I mean, great, amazing, but, but does it with class and, and, um, represents our area with the most class that you possibly, possibly could. But I was thinking back about that Heisman speech that he gave that, and I don't know that he went in to do that Heisman speech knowing what kind of impact it was going to have, but that thing's going to go down in infamy. Mm-hmm. And, and it is, that's going to go down as probably one of the most epic Heisman speeches of all time. And to think about the good that it did for the area and for people of our area and raising all the money for the food banks and, you know, things like that. And, um, you know, again, that's just a true testament to who he is. He didn't do that for any reason other than he was telling the truth. I, and, you know, I think the same thing. I think he genuinely said that because that's genuinely how he felt. He wasn't it's trying true. to go up there and give some public relations speech or something like that. Definitely not. Um, and you're right. The inspiration that he's been able to give um, throughout the last couple of years to kids in this area, every kid in this area knows who Joe Burrow is yes. and knows that Joe Burrow in some vague way understands who they are, you know? And I think that's important yes. that they're, they see people having success that also understand what they're going through, um, you know, because he has friends and grew up in this area and knows what it's like, um, mm-hmm. you know, and just at the Super Bowl, it wasn't just me and Joe from this area. There was another cameraman who went to federal hockey, right. Justin Amash, uh, who works. There he is right there. there he wow, is. James, you're on, James, you are on top of it. Um, <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> yeah. James. So Justin Amash right there. Uh, you know, he's from federal hockey. Uh, he works ESPN, NBC sports. That's Justin and I right there. Yep. Um, and then, there was also Evan Cooley, who works for the Bengals, who went to high school with Joe. Um, so there were two Evans from Southeastern Ohio. But that was just four of us, you know, right there in that one little spot from this area on the world's biggest stage, who have all reached kind of the top of what we do. Joe definitely has. Um, and I think that that's something that hopefully kids can look at, whether they want to go into sports or not. It's a testament to you know, if you really put your mind to something, it doesn't matter where you're from. It, it doesn't. You can work through it. Uh, you may have some challenges that other people may not, um, but there's a support system around, hopefully, that you can make positive uh, things happen for yourself. So I'm I'm really excited with everything that is done and the attention it's done uh, brought. And again, positive attention, because we're so used to all the negative stuff about this region, yes. whether that be take your pick, you know, poverty, opioids, whatever to see somebody like Joe not forget where he came from to genuinely care about the people of this region and raise them up on the world stage as well with him. Um, it's, it's just been incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, and for me to have, you know, a very, very, very small relation and being in the same area uh, of work has just, it's been really cool for me as well to see that. And it's inspired me to hopefully keep doing the same thing. You know, and I love that. And it, again, it's just like local kid does well. And, and um, you know, we can't be more proud of, of him and all of his accomplishments. But as you said, there were four people there from the area at the Super Bowl doing their thing. Yeah. That's and huge. What I love about that, too, is, you know, I work with 50 other camera people, right, during the Super Bowl. There is a, a ton of us there. You know, and their hometowns aren't, it's different. We're such a small, tight-knit community that, you know, uh, the fact that I'm even here today talking, that you guys care to talk to me, shows how much we support each other. You know, if you're 
uh, you know, from a bigger city or something like that, you're probably not going to have those opportunities. And so, uh, you know, I get just as much out of it, hopefully, as, you know, everybody else. But it's been really cool to see Southeastern Ohio so bought in on this. And it's not about football. At the end of the day, it's not. It's about a community. Yes. And finally, we have something to bring us all together in this one moment. You know, my, uh, my social media feed's been more positive over the last two weeks than I can remember in years. And it's been so refreshing, you know, yes. to see that, to have one thing like that, to have us all kind of, uh, you know, coalesce around in, in a positive, uh, a positive experience again for us. Yeah. And you're right. It's like, we all, you know, nobody can agree on anything, you know, and, and especially in today's world where, you know, people are just freaking out about everything, but by golly, we could agree that we were all going to root for the Bengals. Like I don't agree with you on anything, but, Joe Burrow is awesome, right? Yeah, Joe Burrow is awesome. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. Uh, it's been very refreshing. Very refreshing. <laughs> it totally is. I, I told this story um, when I was coming back from Mexico. It was the Saturday before the Super Bowl Sunday. And my husband and I, our transport to take us from the hotel to the to the airport was 40 minutes late coming to pick us up. So we were freaking out. So we get up to security and um, the very first security that you get to in the Mexico airport. And um, the lady's like asking us questions and she's like, where are you going? We're like Cincinnati. She's like, are you so excited? And I'm like, I'm really late, but yes. (laughs) She's like giving us, like asking us all these questions about the Bengals and about Joe Burrow. We were, you know, trying to tell her all this stuff, but like, we're like, but I'm like, I'm standing in the Mexico airport and this lady who was working the security knew that Cincinnati was that important. Right. Yeah. And and like, I had similar experiences at the Super Bowl with my friends. I, I, gosh knows how many times I told them, you know, Joe Burrow's from my hometown, right? You guys know that I'm from, Joe's from Athens, right? I used to work with his dad. You guys know that, right? Like, I'm sure I drove him crazy, <laughs> but I'm just so happy. I'm so proud. Right. You know, that you know, every, every person I talked to is like, you know that Joe's my my wife was his school nurse. You know that, right? <laughs> so like it's yeah, it's uh it's been great though to have that something to bring us all together. Um, you know, over the last week and or two weeks, even before that. Um, yes, I don't think this will be the last time that they're in that position. Nope. Uh, if it is, I, it was good enough. Like as far as what it's done for this region, I think it was it was incredible. I don't you know everything I can hope for. You know, and you're exactly right. And, and, um, so we were talking with, and, and this is a testament to Joe Burrow as well. And, um, so Mark Carmen is one of our good friends here on the program. He has a car lot here in Jackson and he was in because he had gone down to the playoff game in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And he said one of the, the most interesting things that he encountered was the amount of people that were there because they were Joe Burrow fans. They were yes. LSU fans. They were from, you know, Louisiana. They were they were there just to watch him. They couldn't care less about the Bengals. They couldn't care less about anything else. They were there to support their dude. Yep. And I thought that that's huge. Yeah. I, and again, you know, I don't know Joe personally. Like I'm not texting him and stuff like that. But right. Being around like, him we're not buds. During work. <laughs> yeah. But do it, you know, be, I'm around him enough during work to see how he, handles himself and um you know there was a, a segment that came out a couple yesterday of, where he was mic'd up introducing himself to people on the on the field and stuff you know other players and it just shows what a humble and genuine person he is um and yeah everyone i've talked to is the same way he's just and he's just so cool he is so cool <laughs> you know it's yes. incredible um, like, yeah, I wish I could pull off those outfits, but I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, we we probably probably can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to get the yeah, the glasses and the But no, and and um that is well, and he's cool in that manner, but he's also cool on the field. And I'm going to tell you what. Second year in the NFL on the world's biggest stage and to not choke. I I, I mean, I'm just and just to get there, number one, and not choke is huge. And then just to to handle yourself so well, um, he is cool. 
in yeah, so many yes, ways. And, you know, I, I get an interesting perspective because when I film, I get to see I'm zooming in, you know, the quarterbacks into their face. I can see their eyes. And ever since his first game, I shot him. He just has a different look in his eye. He just he does not. Last year, he did not look like a rookie quarterback. This year, he doesn't look like a, he's under control the whole time. It just looks there's something different. Um, and uh, again, just for him to be from here and we're talking about him in these kind of terms is it's incredible. Yeah, well, we finally got us one, didn't we? <laughs> we finally did. We finally did. Yep. <laughs> that is um no, it it's it's just so inspiring. As you said, every little kid growing up right now should look at that and say, I can be that. Or they should look at you and say, I can be an NFL cameraman if I want to. Or anybody else. Um, James was telling me that he thinks that there's a Bengals cheerleader from our, our area. I think she went to OU. I don't I saw something about that, but I'm not entirely sure. But you're exactly right. The point Again, so cool. Right. And, you know, Joe's not the first NFL player from this area. Uh, Mike Bartram from Meg's High School, um, you know, who is a good friend of mine, played for years, went to a Super Bowl. Um, you know, and it's, and it's not just about sports. It's about whatever you find interesting. You can do it if you're yes. from this area. You know, and, um, you know, we need to – what we need to do as adults now, which is weird to call myself an adult, but I feel like <laughs> we need to make sure that we are, you know, we tell kids, hey, you can do whatever you want to do, but they need some support. So we need to find ways that as adults and in the community, we're supporting them and giving them those opportunities. And that's what I'm looking forward to doing over the next couple of years is try to find ways to back it up of, hey, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Here are the resources for you to be able to do that. Um, and so I think that's, that's the next step for here for these kids is, you know, the rest of us really working with them and helping them get where they need to go. Love that. So, yeah. so can we depend on the Evan Shaw, you know, film Academy coming up soon for, for kids? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny at, you know, last year, my, one of my projects was working with local schools, uh, doing documentary projects with them and teaching them. And that was something I enjoyed more than anything. Yes. Um, because it's such a, a niche thing what I do, but it's it's really fun. It's really fun. Sure. Um, and it's a, it's a good job that you, I can make it work by living in Athens. Um, you know, it's something that you don't have to move to LA for, like right. everyone thinks you do. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, those are the kinds of things I, I hope to see coming soon is working on help giving those opportunities to kids. I love that. That is amazing. Yeah, we want to thank you for that because, um, you know, we've all, you know, we've been fortunate and and had some good experiences in our lives, and and you want to pass it forward and pay it forward, and you know, our our young our youth are our our generate our next generation, and they have to take care of us, so we need to teach them how. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, and um, I've done enough, you know, things in high schools where, you know. People talk like, oh, we need kids to stay. We need kids to stay. And one time one young lady asked, well, what are you doing to make it easier for us to stay? And I was like, wow, that's, you're not wow. wrong. So what? That's yeah, crazy. Working on that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, those are the things I'm thinking about now as far as I go forward. But, yeah, we can, we can all look to Joe and what he did, um, you know, over the last year, but really the last couple of weeks as inspiration that, you know, really we can do whatever we want in this area, but we need to be the ones to, stick together and make it happen. That's right. And support each other. Be nice. Exactly. 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 Good grief. You know, if we can all get together and love each other during the Super Bowl, we should be able to do it all year long. Right. right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so James, did you have any questions for Evan? I know we talked about some stuff off the air. Well, I thought we'd talk about chickens now. Okay. Well, let's talk about chickens. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about chickens. Is that uh, so one of your chickens? That is, that is Cuddles. Uh, I remember I have a four-year-old, so my chickens have wonderful names. Um, but that's uh, Cuddles. She's a goat. Yeah. Uh, my rooster's name is Boogers. Um, Boogers? You know, it, it is Boogers, yep. Yeah, that's, that's what, he was three when he named him that. Okay. Yeah, that's Cuddles, the golden laced Wyandotte. Um, yeah, she's uh, she was one of the very first ones. She's in charge around here on the farm. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, when COVID hit uh, in 2020, at first, I was like, I'm going to buy a bunch of meat chickens because I got to feed my family because it was early March, like when we all thought the world literally was going to end any minute. Sure. Um, so I, I bought a bunch of those and then slowly decided I wanted more and more and more. And uh, now I've kind of focused on raising 
rare and fancy chickens, which most people might not even know there's such a thing as a rare breed of chicken, uh, but there is. And um, so, yeah, it's it's one of the most therapeutic things I think I've ever done in my life is buying those chickens because <laughs> I just go outside, sit there, watch them do chicken things. And it's the most relaxing thing I've got during my day. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been good. So Shaw Family Farms, we're, we're just getting up and running, but uh, we're uh, hoping by the next couple of years, we're, what we're focusing on is not selling eating eggs, but I'll be selling uh, hatching eggs and baby chicks. Uh huh. Uh, of these, yeah, of these rare breeds that we'll have. So then, so. well, let's talk about that process for a minute because I w- that was sure. going to be my next question is, you know, are you, you're raising these chickens, but then because they are very rare, we want other people to, to bring them back and, and um, raise them as well. So how does that process work? Like you, of, of hatching eggs? So just, you get an incubator, you know, and uh, okay. or you can have a hen that does it. Um, Wait, you don't just anything. sit on them? <laughs> Well, I, I tried that once, James, uh, but, you know, during the pandemic, I put on a couple extra pounds and it didn't work out well for the eggs. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, you put them in an incubator and, um, and 21 days later, you know, you have the baby chicks oh. from that. Yeah, it's only 21 days, um, you know, or you can obviously also put them underneath a, a hen that's broody, but it was great. Last year, uh, my son, we had preschool at our house, basically, you know, his friends, we hired a preschool teacher because everything was shut down. Sure. And so we had preschoolers as our chicken farm hands, you know, helping out. And they got to do little science units on, you know, the eggs hatching. And if you've never watched a real egg hatch, it's one of the most incredible things. Like it's life happening in the palm of your hand. Like if it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty wild. Um, Love it. But yeah. It's, yeah, so we're focusing, like I said, on on rare breeds and endangered breeds right now. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's the weirdest thing I've ever done, probably. But I do a lot of weird things, and you know, life's boring if you don't take chances on stuff like that. <laughs> you are very correct yeah. on that. So, how do you yeah. know what egg is whose? <laughs> so I have them in separate pens. Oh, okay. Um, so- Yep. So I have the different breeds and like separate pins. So I know this is, you know, my Moran's or this is, you know, um, whatever, you know, other breed. And then I collect those and then we can incubate them based on that. Gotcha. So what is the process? I mean, I'm just curious about this. So, so the hen lays an egg. Are, are they all fertilized or are they not? It depends on if you have a rooster. So if you have a rooster, um, more than likely they're going to be fertilized. Um, and so, okay. yeah, but if you don't have a rooster, they won't be fertilized. Um, obviously. So uh, yeah, if you get a rooster of the right breed. Oh, there he is. Oh, hi buddy. Can you say hi? Yep. I'll get this in just one second. Okay. Can you get me outside? Right. Told you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed. We lasted what? 53 minutes. Yes. That's, I'm amazed. Yes. <laughs> So, but yeah, so yeah, if they're fertilized, um, then you pop them in the incubator and you get baby chicks three weeks later. That is so cool. Now do different, yeah. uh, eggs have to be different temperatures or they all can, can kind of. Different breeds or different, um, species will. So quail or turkey or stuff, something like that might need a little bit of variation, but chickens for the most part are all the same. Um, uh, 90 five-ish degrees and the humidity, you know, has to be about right and stuff like that. So, gotcha. um, yeah. So then when the baby chicks are born, I guess I don't know anything about chickens. When the That's baby okay. chicks are born, do you, do, can they feed themselves or how does that work? So for the first uh, three days or so, they have enough food left over from the yolk, uh, from the egg that they've eaten when they were in the egg. Okay. It's been absorbed into their body. So they don't need food from then, but then when they're, about three days old, they're just little baby chicks like you'd see at Tractor Supply. Okay. Um, they start eating and drinking, um, and they can start before that too. But uh, yeah, and then they're they're pretty self-sufficient once they get up and running. They need food and water, and that's they're really some of the easiest pets you could ever have. Yeah. Um, they put themselves to bed at night. You know, if you let them out, they know where their coop is. Before it gets dark, they go back in, um, and they give you breakfast every morning. Like uh, my dog doesn't do that. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he leaves you stuff. It's just not anything you'd yeah. want to eat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, my so Jamie and I, my husband and I have laughed a lot because his dad uh, raises chickens as well, but just for eggs, and he does it for fun. Right. And he, same thing as you, he loves watching them and and whatever. But like we'll be having like a dinner, like Easter dinner or whatever, and he'll be like, "Well, gotta go." And I'm like, "Why?" Well, it's time for the chickens to go to bed. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm yeah. I'm like, "Well, can you wait an hour?" No. <laughs> Yeah. All right, man. Foxes and raccoons will get in if you don't get that door shut in time. That's basically but, what he says. Yeah, yeah. So, but <laughs> no, I love it, I, and I, it's ridiculous. Um, but no, I absolutely love it. <laughs> I think so. it's amazing and fantastic, and I could see myself as a huge animal lover, like literally sitting on my front porch and being entertained by that all evening long. Well, when you're ready for baby chickens, let me know, and I, I've got, I'll get you hooked up. I'll have to talk to the husband about that. Yep. We'll get it. Yep. We'll get that taken care of. <laughs> so do some of the fancy chickens, do they lay um, eggs that you would eat as well or? Yeah. So all of them lay eggs that you can eat. Okay. Um, and so I just have mine because they're breeding stock. Um, and that's what I choose to do with them. But if I have extras, we eat them all day long. Um, okay. It's, yeah. And um what I find interesting is trying to tell the difference in taste between eggs. Some people say you can, some say you can't between different breeds. Um, I think you can a little bit. So I'd like to do a little blind taste tests and stuff like that. Um, and some of the ones like my, uh, my Moran's, which is a French breed, they lay really dark chocolate. It looks like a Cadbury egg. It's super dark. Oh. Um, and then some of them lay like, you know, blue or green eggs. Uh, and then you can crossbreed those two and they'll lay olive eggs because of brown and the green. It gets, oh. it's like a high school biology class where you learn about genetics and the Punnett square and everything. That's, I literally have a Punnett square, you know, just hanging around every now and then I'm filling out like if I do this and this and this. So yeah, it's, I get to kind of play mad scientist for a little bit. Hey, well there, and you don't have to color eggs at Easter. You already have them done. Oh, oh <laughs> no, chickens did it for me. Well, I can tell you, speaking from experience in eating my father-in-law's eggs, where his chickens are happy and, and run around during the day and whatever, um, not knocking store-bought eggs by any stretch, but they are night and, and day. You know, the, the yolks in his eggs come out looking like sunshine and, you know, yeah. they're just bright and vibrant and, you know, you can just tell a difference. Oh, absolutely. And you know, everything that goes into it, I'm really big. Yes. And honestly, I, I joke about, you know, the chickens are ridiculous, but I'm very serious about being sustainable for our food. You know, look sure. at what's happened over, with COVID over the last couple of years. Yes. Um, supply chains and all of a sudden people don't have food, you know, that's not okay. That's a problem. No, um, it's freaky. It, it is. It really is. You know, there's a, you know, you miss three or four days of food things go can go bad really quick and yeah. um so you know having our own chickens that was really why we got it um was to start trying to be more sustainable um and also just you know to have that control over what i eat um yes and, you know not having to pay someone else for a dozen eggs um you know and pay some giant mega corporation from chickens that are you know who knows what they're eating Whereas oh, these yeah. are in my backyard they're eating bugs all day long it's great Yep, absolutely. You know what we should become next? Toilet What's paper that? farmers. <laughs> absolutely. We make a mint on that. Yeah, that would be unbelievable. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll see if I can come up with some toilet paper seeds and we'll see what we can yeah, do. I'll find some rare, some rare and critically endangered brands. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trade you some Charmin seeds for some eggs. How's that? Here we go. That'll work. <laughs> Well, very good. Well, um, Evan, thank you so much for spending your Friday morning with us. Um, it has been, it's always so much fun to talk to you, but to hear and actually talk with someone that's on the world's biggest stage down on the field, you know, getting paid to be at the Super Bowl, that is something that not too many people get to see and, and, and claim. And, uh, from being from our, you know, little area, we're so proud of you. So thanks for spending your morning with us. Of course. And thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy coming on with you guys. And, you know, anytime, I'd love to do it. We'll talk chickens, whatever you want. We'll talk whatever. <laughs> hey, Evan, uh, we want, I yes. want to give a shout out real quick. We were talking about how, like, Joe Burrow's at, like, the top of his, you know, 
field and you're right. having all this success and being at the top of your field. Well, Jennifer, uh, six cents brewing was just named one of the top 20 breweries in Ohio. Thanks, so James. you deserve yeah. a shout no, out for being at the top of your field. Yeah. too. Congratulations. Thanks. We're super excited about it. And, um, you know, it means something to you when it's, it when does. it's, you know, unbiased folks saying it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, that's a perfect example of, you know, people from this area working hard and getting things at the top of their game. That's incredible, Jennifer. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Lots of fun. So. Nice. All right. Awesome. Thank you. So, all right. Well, have a wonderful weekend. Pet your chickens for us. Will do. You know, give give hugs to Old Red and and uh, your son, and uh, come on and and see us sometime soon, and we'll talk about whatever. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks again so much. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Evan Shaw, of course, um, cameraman for NFL uh, films, and um, very very cool entertainment uh, or uh, interview regarding the Super Bowl and his, how he gets to be down on the field and tape that. And that is just an amazing, amazing day. Um, and not his first time doing that either. So pretty cool stuff. All right, James, is there anything else we needed to go over today? Well, we'll just remind everyone there are three tournament basketball games tonight. All three yes. of them will be on the radio. And I, uh, and then there's a fourth game tomorrow. So the, the girls three game. boys games tonight and Vinton County Jackson girls game tomorrow night. And I think that's All at three 30 or something. Yeah, right. It's an afternoon game. It is. The Saturday yeah. game is four o'clock. Well, three forty-five, four o'clock start. Yep. At Southeastern. Uh, so kind of a neutral mm -hmm. site there for them. Right. So, but yeah, the three boys games tonight. So you can tune into any of the radio stations, catch those, or of course, best way to see them is to attend in person. So, all right. Well, um, the weather is a crazy, crazy thing. It's up, down, all over the place. It I don't was, know what to tell you. I was not expecting it to be snowing this morning. It wasn't supposed to. 100% was not supposed to snow. They said the storm went above us. Don't worry about it. No snow. And this morning woke up to flurries. Yeah, the storm, the rainstorm was nasty last night. Too. It was some scary stuff and and i uh, hope y'all are all right the wind was very very terrifying um but uh par for the course this time of the year i suppose so a little bit warmer on sunday i think a high of 55 and some sunshine so if you do need to do some things outside maybe that's a great day for you to choose to do so so have a wonderful weekend thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you right back here on monday thanks for watching Bye bye